1: because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't
2: true. Certainly,
3: like I said, coach our kids to, to do the right thing and uh, you know, play with poise, play with confidence, play with dignity, play with class. At the same time, we're not going to take anyone's shit either. Because
2: we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play.
4: Now, that's also second in the West, baby. Yes, yeah. First
2: time we're getting
4: excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? All I want to do is fucking eat! I want you to eat! I want you to eat! I want you to want this shit! Do you want it? Do you want
5: it? Show me! But you just did it again! Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bretton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by big orange BigOrangeVols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer?
6: Hey, buddy, what's going on?
5: Hey, Shane, not a whole lot still recovering from the weekend we had in that last podcast. That was a long one. Uh, but before we get into, you know, we got some week nine kickoffs to get into. We got some previews to get into as well. You know, something we hit on, Will Muschamp, 2-0 with his damn glasses, <laughs> uh, Coach Muschamp, Coach Musschamp was on SEC Network Monday night, Shane, talking about the glasses, how they don't make him soft. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, hey, first of all, tell me about these damn glasses. Are you getting soft? No, I know no, if no, I, would, no, I know no, when no, we no, were at LSU, no. if I would have walked in with some damn glasses on, you would have said I was getting soft.
6: No, I'm not getting soft. I'm getting old. That's the problem <laughs> i got right now.
2: Well, that, the anyway. thing is, it gets kind of one and the same, though, Coach. As you get a little older, you get a little softer, too, right?
6: <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, <laughs> no. I'm, I, I, I'm hard as ever. I can tell you that right now. <laughs>
5: All right, Shade, I just thought this was great because <laughs> he does look uh, – he looks more like a grandpa with these glasses. He looks uh, not quite a hard ass as he normally does, but uh, I think this is his way of letting the listeners know uh, he's still just oh, as hard as ever. He's still hard,
6: man. He's still hard. You can't, <laughs> don't you count Champ out. Don't you call him soft because he <laughs> – did. you know, it's little things like this. You know, we talk about some of these coaches – like that Muschamp, you know, you see him interact when he's in a good mood. He seems like one of the cooler guys to hang out with, you know, and I've always thought Muschamp is just a hard ass, but he seems like he is, a, you know, he's always cutting up and then even like that video with Kirby and him on the or a picture of him and Kirby on the sideline, you know, everybody was listening to what Muschamp had to say. So it just seems like one of those guys that probably maybe I under underestimated him. Maybe he is one of those guys I'd like to hang out with.
5: Yeah, maybe on another pod, particularly off season show, we rank the coaches by who we'd want to have a
6: beer with. And Will Muschamp, he's shooting up my list. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Little things like it. Life's better in South Carolina when they're winning, ain't it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. So we're obviously still uh, looking
5: ahead to week eight. That's the week we're in. But uh, on every Monday, the SEC announces the Week 9 kickoffs. So these are for the October 26 games. It's crazy how fast the season comes out. Uh, We just like to run these down real quick. Kickoff times, TV coverages, and we'll just go in order of the kickoffs. Mississippi State, Shane, at Texas A&M. The only noon kickoff for Week 9 on SEC Network, 11 o'clock Central. And then here we go. We got a big CBS game. This is going to be a great one, Shane. Auburn at LSU, 3.30 Eastern, 230 Central. That's going to be a showdown to decide. You know, it's probably going to eliminate Auburn if they lose it. It may eliminate LSU from SEC West if they lose this one. And then, uh, you know, in a couple weeks they'll play Alabama. So that's huge. Your yeah. boys here, South Carolina at Tennessee. Shane, 4 o'clock Eastern. SEC Network, that's going to be a battle there. Arkansas at Alabama. It's going to be a night game, 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. And then last game here, Missouri at Kentucky, 7.30 Eastern time on SEC Network, week nine. All SEC games. We've got some good matchups here.
6: Yeah, what was the what was the Alabama-Arkansas one? What time was that? 7 o'clock Eastern time. Hmm. I think I would have switched one of these, you know. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think you, I think that uh, Texas. I honestly, I think that Texas A&M Mississippi State game could be awesome, and maybe it being the only thing on at noon's not a bad deal, you know. Everybody could watch that, but you know the South Carolina Tennessee. I, I thought maybe one of those would have got flex South Carolina at night. You know that would have mm-hmm. been that would have been crazy. So, but you know, I, beggars can't be choosers. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like i have any input anyway mike <laughs>
5: yeah i mean everybody always wants the night game uh th- this week it's going to be alabama and kentucky but uh i, I just about all these act matchups i'm looking forward to it's going to be a, that's yeah. going to be a really good weekend
6: this will be good this will be good so how many times has uh, lsu done the 330 game
5: i think this is this will be their first time shane Oh, first time. Okay. Well, I'm actually, just... they're doing it uh, – uh, they're going to be doing it this weekend against Mississippi State. So they'll have two in yeah. a row. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, – you know, the, the LSU, they love to have those night games in Death Valley. We just <laughs> saw why there against Florida. But uh, they they can't get them all at night, unfortunately. But
6: um, that's, it's just too yeah. much of a damn Hopefield advantage, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. So, no, I like it, man. I always like looking forward. I'm glad we're – I mean, we're still in the season. (laughs) Right around the corner, man, these games are going to start dwindling down. Then we're talking bowl games and shit like that. So soak it up, guys, because uh, you're in in the middle of it right now. Mm -hmm. You're on the hill. So enjoy the football because, unfortunately, it doesn't last all year. All right, Shane, you ready to go around the league? Heck yeah, buddy. Let's do it.
2: Now let's go around the the league.
4: My, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So, uh, so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out.
1: I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I, don't think, I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up and you should, um, you know, play more teams
0: from the West. Why, why don't you? Start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. I, we'll play anybody you can get to play us.
3: In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey, I'm having a press conference. Okay, thank you.
5: All right, Shane. So we're gonna get to Auburn, Arkansas, more in depth on the next episode. We're still waiting for Gus Malzahn to have his uh, first. Media availability of the week. But I wanted to hit on the Razorbacks here quickly because, man, Shane, we already always talking about, uh, you know, we basically fired Chad Morris on the last podcast. <laughs> so I'm standing by that until further notice. Uh, but something I don't think we hit on their top commit, decommitted 12 minutes after that Kentucky game. So oh, yeah. that's the dumpster fire going. And now it gets even worse, Shane, because uh, their highest-ranked, defensive signee who guys already on campus devin bush defensive back announced here on monday he's leaving or he says he's going to the ncaa transfer portal which probably that that certainly means he is leaving this is a four-star out of new orleans and man it's just not a good time for chad morrison company and on top of that shane check out this stat this comes uh, courtesy the solid verbal that's an outstanding college football podcast Uh, They noted this, after seven weeks into the season, Shane, there's four major college football teams that have not played a team with a winning record. And it's funny because Clemson's on the list. We all like to (laughs) make fun of Clemson's soft schedule. But uh, the other three, NC State, Utah, and then the biggest shocker to me, Shane, Arkansas. So Arkansas Golly. having this terrible record, they've yet to face a team with a winning record, and then look at the rest of the schedule, Shane. Auburn five and one, Alabama six and zero, Mississippi State three and three, Western Kentucky. The game we look at on uh, Arkansas' schedules, a layup. They're four and two, then they go LSU six and zero, Missouri five and one. I mean, I'm not trying to pile on Arkansas and Chad Morris, but my God, Shane, it looks like now they're getting into the good part of their schedules. It's like a murderer's row here.
6: <laughs> Dude, that's, that's, I mean, what do you, what do you do? What do you do from here? You know, Mike, I think you got to open, I think you got to be creative. I, I do, I honestly think Coach Morse has that capability of being creative, making this team exciting to watch. Um, just, I I don't know. I, I just don't know. They got to do something. Let some of this young, have we, all right, this is bold, Mike, but have we thought about, Another quarterback change, but instead, uh, I, 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 not Hicks, not Starkle, but bring in the true freshman. Do you think it's Tom? I mean, just mix it up a little bit.
5: I mean, to give him a spark, give him something, give him maybe that's the missing ingredient to this offense. Is just a dual threat running, you know, capability under center that would certainly help. I mean, they got almost Could, I mean, they got nothing else to lose at this
6: rate. Seriously, if you do this, you bring him out there, he's going to have growing pains, of course. But, you know, none of these guys are the future. They've had their opportunities. They're not the future. But you bring uh, Jefferson in and then, you know, you see him connect with Trey Knox for a touchdown or something like that, man, I mean, you may not win these games, but at least it gives you a little bit of hope for the future. You know what I'm saying?
5: Mm-hmm. You know, Shane, when you talked about mixing it up, you know where I honestly thought you were going to go with that? What's that? I thought you were gonna say, "Take him jerseys off. We're playing in sweats
6: this <laughs> week." Going back to our roots, man. <laughs> they gotta do something. I just, I just, I hate to see it because they had an opportunity, man, to grab the bull by the horns, and it was honestly, it was against Texas A&M. If they could have won that game. They came up if they would I think that momentum would have carried over to this Kentucky game. Mm-hmm. We'd be seeing a totally different narrative right now, but they didn't. They missed the opportunity, so everybody's ready to bury Morris, and I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not spend too much time on the Razorbacks
5: right now, Shane. We'll get to more of them all- tomorrow, uh, but let's jump on down to Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide! Nick Saban met with the media here on Monday, Shane, and, you know, it was pretty interesting. I don't think he was really taking a jab at Kirby – Particularly since that's his uh, former assistant and everything, and they're very close. But he did note in his presser, talking about Tennessee, you know, we cannot overlook anyone. And he said, just look what happened to Georgia. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> and it's funny because he's played South Carolina. Y- you know, he would never say anything bad about South Carolina before playing them, but now that he's faced them. I mean, that was a that was a close game there for a minute, if not for a, a couple of questionable calls that could have went the other way. But uh, I next just...
6: week, next week, be Georgia just look at Georgia State, you know, <laughs>
5: <laughs> exactly. So he's he holds that in till after he faces these teams. I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, then uh, this is something I actually missed. From their A&M game, I i guess it was at the very end there, Shane, Devonta Smith, one of their outstanding receivers, he got tossed from the game against the Aggies late in the contest for uh, throwing a punch against uh, Leon O'Neal, the defensive back there for A&M, and Going back and watching the tape, Leon O'Neill also punched him, but he was not ejected. It was just Devontae Smith. You know, they usually catch yeah. they catch the guy that does it second sometimes. That's right. Which is unfortunate. But Nick Saban announced on Monday that Devonta Smith will be suspended for the first half of the Tennessee game. Upset
6: special? <laughs> well, I think our best linebackers missing the first <laughs> half too, so that's not good, you know. Uh Teoto or Toto I can never say his name but you know he got hit for targeting so right. he's going to miss the first half of this game. I, I you know I, something about these these punches and stuff. You know you watch them and one gets one guy gets kicked out, the other one doesn't. You know there's 15-yard penalty and there's these punishments. But if you were watching that game, the commentary they were just like cutting up like yeah, you can't be the second guy, you know. It's just like <laughs> They're just making a mockery of the situation, and I, I I, think both teams, like if you got punches thrown, you kind of saw this uh, uh, two weeks ago with Georgia, you know, there were some punches thrown. I, I think when you review this, I think that's when you should address it and punish, you know? You're not just during the game can say, okay, well, this guy, obviously, yeah, you caught it in the moment, but do you think there's any type of replay ever going to happen where they can... Pull the tape and say, "Okay, look, they both punched." I mean, possibly, but I
5: don't know if they look at like, not that it matters what they say or anything, but I don't know. You, I think you're just missing some context when you do that. Uh, I don't know about you, Shane, but I've always thought that punching someone on a football field, particularly in the head, is so stupid because you're
1: yeah,
6: you're just hitting a guy true. either
5: in the face mask or a helmet. It's you're going to do more damage to your hand than you are them. They're not. They're not even going to care, you know. So. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it, but I just don't know if they can go back and do that, because I, I think a lot of times maybe a punch looks like a slap, or you know what I mean? So I think you just have to kind yeah. of be there and see it in real time, and, and it needs to be decided then, and they just, they're unfortunately, they're just not going to catch it all in real time.
6: That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, Plus, if... uh, we've got enough replays going on. I don't know what I was thinking there. <laughs> just disregard that. That was dumb. <laughs>
5: Well, Shane, it is the third Saturday in October, after all. And, yes, this used to once be a great rivalry. Now it's just typically uh, just a speed bump on the way to Alabama's latest SEC championship, national championship, college football playoff appearance.
6: I got my cigar ready, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) But for Nick Saban,
5: yeah, I just thought this was great, Shane. I mean, he understands – you know, he's got a good, very good grasp of his fan base and how cherished this rivalry still is to a lot of people in that state on both, both sides, really. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think it means that much more to Nick Saban. So let's jump over to Nick Saban talking about this rivalry that I thought this was great. Old man Saban just telling the kids how it used to be back in his day when they had three channels and one game on a week. I just thought that was a classic clip. And then finally, you know, he – hit on the fact that Jimbo used to play on his basketball team. He respects Pruitt as a coach, but uh, not as a basketball player, apparently.
0: <laughs> Tennessee is always a, a game that's a big rivalry game. It means a lot to a lot of people in Alabama. certainly means a lot to us. It means a lot to me. Um, you know, Jeremy has done a really, really good job there. It's his team, to me, is emerging. You know, they lost two games that they very easily could have won. Um, but they're playing with great discipline, toughness. Uh, the players are really playing hard. Uh, they're executing well in terms of what they did, and probably played, you know, their best game this last week against Mississippi State. So, um, you know, I think all you have to do is look at the, you know, South Carolina, Georgia game, and sort of figure out that anybody, if you don't play well every week. Uh, if you play poorly and the other team plays well against you uh, and you turn over and make mistakes, you know, you, anybody can beat anybody. So,
5: Did you, uh, as a follow-up, did you have a favorite college football rivalry game growing up?
0: Well, you know, when I grew up, there wasn't 26 games a week on TV. There was one game on TV. And, um, you know, I had to go turn the antenna for my dad so he could watch the game Uh, because we only got three channels, so you had to get it on the right channel and the antenna had to be pointed in the right direction. So, um, you know, there's a lot of great rivalry games. You know, I I remember watching Alabama and Auburn. um, You know, when I was a kid, High State, Michigan, uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma used to have some big rivalry games. You know, Southern Cal, UCLA, I mean, I could go on and on and on of, you know, some of the historic... Rivalry games that you were just hopeful when I was growing up that you would have a chance to see them and they would be on TV Um, So I didn't I can't say that I had a favorite Um, I grew up in West Virginia. So back in those days the Pitt West Virginia game was a big game Um, So You know, I, I I guess as a kid Because I was in West Virginia and that was the one that affected me the most that was probably What I would say only because of the exposure that I had to it.
2: Uh, Were you ever in a noontime basketball league with Jeremy Pruitt? Noontime basketball with Jeremy
0: Pruitt? Uh, You know, he never played much, Um, so I can't really comment. Uh, I know he's a great competitor and did an outstanding job for us here and uh, one of the, the best coaches that we've ever had on our staff in terms of You know, knowledge, experience, work ethic, uh, players responding in a positive way to them, good teacher on the field, and that's certainly reflected in the way their team is playing.
5: All right, Shane, so old man Saban, he only had three channels back in the day. He's kind of showing his age there. I just thought that was great. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get to prove it here, but it's clear that uh, people in Alabama, people in Tennessee, this rivalry, while it may not be competitive on the field at the moment, uh, I mean this it still means a great deal to college football fans
6: and, and obviously these two fan bases absolutely man I remember growing up this being a big game my parents making a you know big deal of it they had co-workers that maybe were from Alabama or Alabama fans you know this is just this is deeper than the last I mean you look at the last 11 years and you say oh yeah this is this is Alabama Alabama owns it they've they're gonna be on top forever but You know, 2006 to 1995, Alabama was only able to win twice, you know. And the one thing about this series, it always feels like it's like it's not back and forth. It's like who owns the decade. So this this game is deep because there's a lot of fans in there that have seen the Alabama highs and the Alabama lows, just like the Tennessee. And, and, you know, in my gut, I know that there's going to be a day. There is going to be a day that it will turn around now will it be this year i don't know i hope so like i said i got a cigar ready i truly got a cigar ready if we ever beat alabama but i've been holding all that cigar for a while Mike. <laughs> and, and you know i thought <laughs> I, I thought saving done retired by now but uh, you know that cigar's getting a little getting a little stale but i'm still going to smoke the hell out of it if we ever beat them i got
5: you shane well let's jump on down to the other side of this one go on down to Knoxville. <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt met with the media here on Monday, and, you know, apparently there's some kind of controversy. Seems like, kind of like you always like to hit on, seems like a lot of these local media people on Rocky Top like to make a story out of nothing, and the latest thing is apparently, why didn't they get Brian Maurer off the field sooner if he had a concussion? I'm not sure what you can do, kind of like Pruitt said here, and as soon as they noticed something, they yanked him from the game, and based on the way (laughs) they called the game, with Garantano out there, they, they clearly feel much more comfortable with Brian Mauer. So it's not like, uh, they were just looking out for themselves. I mean, I think if they didn't care about Brian Mauer, I think they would have just left him in the damn game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of my read on it, but, uh, what are your thoughts on all that? And if this is really that big of a deal, I mean, obviously concussion is a serious issue and, uh, they addressed it. I, they took him out of the game as soon as they realized it, and he didn't return. And Pruitt says it looks like Mauer's going to be good. He's already practicing a little bit, but uh, not not cleared for this Alabama game. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's going to be uh, until several days. You know, it takes a while to go through the
6: concussion protocol. Well, you know, when Brian, when Brian failed, when he hit his head, man, it looked bad, but he did pop right back up. In fact, I was worried when it happened. I was like, oh damn, here we lost our quarterback again. You know, because this. Last week, he got he got hit pretty hard against Georgia. But I, I'm watching it, and he, he did bounce right back up. He got right back in the huddle. So, I mean, he's right. You can't pause this game. And it's kind of – honestly, the comments when he came out with this, when I was talking about, you know, doing the instant replay for the punching, I thought about what he was saying here. I was like, you know what? You can't. This is a physical game. You know, there's, there's so much hitting, so much activity going on during. You cannot just – you cannot stop momentum and and the fact that he came up you got spotters on the sideline medical staff that are always keeping an eye on these games and if they felt like he you know something was wrong they would have got to coach and stopped it but the fact that he popped right back up and got back in the huddle you know you can't you can't do that you're just you can't assume and then when they got to talk to him you know a couple of plays later then obviously they realized that yeah yeah no we're going to shut him down you know
5: mhm yeah, and I mean, like I said, I th- I think this is kind of much much to do about nothing. I don't really understand why this is getting blown out of proportion. But uh...
6: it's Tennessee media, Mike. That's what <laughs> we do. We take a we take a small little story and we're just trying to run with it. Like, like has has he gotten to the point that he he doesn't care about his players' well being? I mean, come on, man. Anybody watching that game knew he got hurt. Not, I mean, not, I mean, knew that hurt. Not that he got hurt. Knew that that obviously. Did not look good. He fell directly on his head, but the fact of the matter is, he popped back up, and all of us were relieved. And then the media is like, "Well, we got us a, a little story here, you know." So, <laughs> I mean, get out of here
5: with
3: that.
6: It's a,
5: it's, al- it's almost like they won a game. Now How can we turn spin this
6: into a negative? I <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> <No. laughs> How how can we bring negativity back in the locker room? You know, this is this is so dumb. So. No, no story here, and and I like how he addressed it. Now, kicking it over to
5: Pruitt, Shane, let's jump to his comments. Obviously an Alabama guy, but he's played a little bit there at Middle Tennessee before transferring back to Alabama. Uh, He's coached both sides of this thing. Now he's played in the game. So what this rivalry means between Tennessee and Alabama to coach Pruitt is kind of cool, I thought. And then finally, uh, we have joked about this, and now Pruitt's joking about it, breaking out I believe the high school is Shiloh Christian I apologize if that's not right but there is a high school in Arkansas Shane that always goes for it they never punt they never kick they always do onside (laughs) kicks they just they're like Mike Leach on steroids and uh, (laughs) Pruitt was asked about his game plan this week and he brought that up I just thought uh, we gotta add this one
4: hey coach they're they're all important no question about it but this particular
6: team against this program that you spent some time with? Does it have any extra special meaning for you at all?
2: Well, if you know anything about this rivalry, um, which I do, um, anybody that's been associated with this rivalry over the, <coughs> their lifetime, right? Uh, it's a it's a pretty special um, event, uh, if you want to call it, or ball game, or whatever you want to call it. To me, it's an event, right? Uh, you know, the, the third Saturday in October, uh, the third week of October. So whether you're on the Tennessee side, the Alabama side, um, you know, kind of all the old heads, so to speak, this this is the rivalry, right? So this is the game. So, uh, yeah, I, I grew up um, watching it, uh, had an opportunity to play in it. I've had an opportunity to coach in it now on both sides. So um, it, it is uh, – this, this week does have a – uh, gets you a little bit kind of going right there, I guess. You know, I was thinking about you know there's a there's a high school team over in Arkansas. You know, they 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 always onside kick. Okay, they always they never punt. You know, cause I, I don't know, I've never seen them play. I always hear people talk about it. You know, um, in fact, they played one of the I think they played one of the high school teams here in the in in our state this year. Somebody was talking about it, so. You know, we've really kind of considered that as our game plan. Um, just don't give them the ball, you know, uh, if we can do that. Um, so, you know, I don't know. As far as the other part, uh, you know, we'll, we'll play Batuli and we'll play um, Q. We'll play J.J. Solon, Aaron Beasley. Um, who gives us the best opportunity to have success.
5: All right, Shane. So, clearly Pruitt was joking here. <laughs> and I'm not really I mean I think I have brought this up before when you play a team like Alabama particularly when you're on the road I mean Tennessee is a 35 and a half point underdog no one's expecting them to even you know compete with this team I'm not saying they go full-on crazy here and just you know go for every fourth down and and onside at every time but I think I would be I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. I would almost go for every fourth down once you cross the fifty. I think yeah. I don't. I don't think you kick field goals, and let, especially if you're in the red zone, I would go for it every time because three points is just not going to cut it. And I would even pull out some tricks. You know, I'd do some fake. Uh, you know, some onside kicks, some fake punts, stuff like that, because you just you have to steal possessions when you're going up a team like this, and you're so outmanned uh thoughts on 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 all that
6: uh, agree and disagree I, I i don't think i mean alabama is a great team and it's going to take everything tennessee has to win this game but i don't think we're going to have to go to the extremes of onside kicking every time or onside kicking at all hopefully it doesn't come down to that you know this is something that you know, Alabama has shown some cracks, man. They've, they, have they, it blows my mind that Texas A&M wasn't able to run the ball more, but that's something that they really have struggled against. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that you can keep on the field longer than you could in the past. I think that's how you beat Bama. You know, you keep that defense on the field as long as you can. But that does require going for it on fourth downs at, at times, you know, but if it's three, four yards, you know, at a, at a pop, then that's what you got to do and I, the bat, the, what you can't afford to do is just let two out there all the times, you know? So if you're going three and out, yeah, it, it's easy to get behind. Then it becomes a shootout. You've got to stay ahead of this thing. You've got to stay on top of it from the beginning. Um, I, even the kicking, the field goal kick, I think if it's a close game, field goal kicks are fine, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not going to resort to, to onside kicks and things like that. I mean, we we've, we've got talent on Tennessee and, uh, And honestly, I think this defense of Alabama is young and and can make mistakes. So I think that's what you take advantage of. Now let me ask you this,
5: because early on in that Mississippi State game, it looked like the only way Tennessee was really getting pressure because they struggle. They they do have uh, Darrell Taylor, who's a good pass rusher, but, I mean, outside of him, that's about it. So they were having to blitz a lot of corners, a lot of safeties to – you know, disrupt the Mississippi State offense, and that worked. That's probably going to be something similar against Alabama. Do you sit back and, you know, play a lot of guys in your secondary and and force Tua to dink and dunk? Or do you come after him knowing that if you don't get there, you know, you're probably going to have not only a one-on-one, but a one-on-one in which you're vastly (laughs) overmatched. How do you handle that? Do you come after Tua if you're Tennessee?
6: I think you do, and even though we weren't the only ones that watched this game, Mike, so did Saban. You know, so he knows that we are going to try to create ways to get pressure on Tua. So I, w- I fully expect some, a lot of wide receiver screens, that sort of thing, to, to get their playmakers the ball. I, but if you do that and you're up pressed, I, I think that's the best shot you got. About you I mean because the name of the game here is to try to get Alabama to go three and out, and then you're back to your drive. So I, I think that you do that by putting pressure, that you put a lot of – you put a, you don't give the wide receivers a lot of room on the outside to make those – let them – if you have a one-on-one and they've got to go uh, with a streak or something like that to get the ball down the field, then that's fine. Just don't let these guys have the space, because when these guys have space, they're – you know, like Coach said last week, they're erasers, man. They mm-hmm. just erase those yards, and that's what you, we can't afford to do because we don't have this big to keep up with them. All
5: right, Shane, let's jump on down to Baton Rouge. Go Tigers. Where Coach O met with the media here on Monday, coming off that big win against Florida. And now I think the biggest challenge for LSU, you know, everyone's going to be picking the Tigers. Mississippi State's coming off two back-to-back tough losses. And we all know LSU's riding high. If there's a college football playoff rankings this week, I think LSU would be ranked number one. I mean, that's just my opinion, but I think they'd clearly be in that top four discussion. So he's got to get Coach o, that is, they've got to get his Tigers up to the task of going into a place of Starkville where they may be overlooking them. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, Shane, last time, I know these are different teams, clearly, but... When LSU went to Mississippi State last year, and they, like Coach O will get into here, they ran into a damn buzzsaw. They lost 37-7. It was the biggest or most lopsided result in history of this series that Mississippi State won the game. Never won by larger than 30 points. So Coach O knows what a dangerous place this Starkville can be. Uh, Thoughts on LSU. That's one of the beautiful things about college football. Sometimes it's hard for these kids to get up two games in a row. I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for LSU this week. What are your thoughts on that?
6: Well, I I totally agree. I mean, we've seen it this year with LSU. I mean, after that Texas game, Mm -hmm. if you remember at Northwestern State, there was a time this thing was 17-14 with five minutes left to go in the second quarter. You know, LSU finally put on the steam and got got the victory. And you look at a box score and you say, oh, 65-14, they killed them. But there was, a, there was a brief moment where LSU just was not in the game and Northwestern State was able to take advantage of. Mississippi State is a, is a dangerous team. Uh, you've seen it with their takeaways. And if this got – if it got lopsided, if Mississippi State got up and then, you know, Joe creates a couple of mistakes. You saw it with South Carolina and Georgia and throws, you know, four interceptions or something like that. Then all of a sudden we're singing a different tune at the end of the game.
5: Yeah, I think so, Shane. And, you know, the biggest thing, Kylan Hill didn't get going there against Tennessee. I think that's uh, he's just such a central part of this offense. I think that's what really killed him. So the focus this week for Mississippi State's got to be getting Kylan Hill going. And LSU, you know, they've been pretty solid here the last couple of weeks, stopping the run, but they have been susceptible to be getting hit by some of these guys. So that's going to be something to see. And also under for whatever reason under Joe Moorhead. Mississippi State plays a lot better at home than they do away. So I expect this to be a much different Mississippi State team than we saw the last two weeks. And this is also their only home game in a five-game stretch. It's really weird. They had two road, get the home, then two two back on the road. So, uh, I mean, they're going to have to throw the kitchen sink in this one. And uh, mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a lot closer than people are expecting. But and I think Coach O is right there with me. So let's jump to his comments on the challenge of getting his team up for another SEC game after that huge monumental Saturday night showdown. Um, on how tough it can be with them 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 cowbells and Starkville, Shane. <laughs> and then finally, I thought this was a, a pretty cool little note here talking about uh, coaching under Pete Carroll and how the he. What he learned on how to keep in his team motivated as they, they find more and more success, which is something that uh, LSU this is going to be kind of new for
3: him. Coaches adapt that kind of thing. Well, you know, here's what's got to happen: is that they're 18, 19, 20, 21 year old young men. Obviously, they've been away from us since Saturday night, so we're going to have to get them refocused today on the task at hand. But we do want to celebrate our win. That's why we don't start the 24 hour rule until today. And then we're going to celebrate our win. We're going to show them the good plays. We're going to show them the good things we did, the things we must improve. Then after we watch the film today, we have a 24-hour rule. We throw it in the garbage can. And on the Mississippi State, we stay focused that way.
2: Coach, um, obviously the crowd noise worked in you guys' favor this game, but you're going up against Mississippi State with those cowbells. It's going to be a really intense environment. Just talking about your guys playing in that. Yeah,
3: here's what I will remind them. I will remind them that we walked into a hornet's nest two years ago and I didn't have ready. That was one of the loudest stadiums we had played in all year. And not only the cowbells, but the music, the fans were into it and obviously they played lights out. What happens with Mississippi State, they're gonna pick one game a year that there's a target on. And it's always seemed to be LSU. And they're gonna play their best game. So we're gonna expect their best football game. Uh, we're gonna play crowd noise, but I'm gonna have them better prepared this year. Not only the cowbells, but the music, the, the fans, is very loud in that stadium. Thanks for bringing up that point.
4: Yeah, Ed, uh, over the years, you've taken a lot of stuff from Pete Carroll, being on his staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, have you, what did you take from Pete about as your team gained more notoriety and in, in, in being number one, number two, yeah. uh, and I guess trying to focus but keep loose mm-hmm. at the same time, what did, what did you take from Pete and how to handle that?
3: Block out the noise. Pete was uh, phenomenal at blocking out the noise and uh, mm-hmm. really focusing on the task at hand. Getting the team better. Look at what's real. Look at the tape and what's real. And we got to, I can hear him say it right now Eddie, that five technique got to get better. Even in, in, in a game where we may have eight to 10 sacks, he would always point something out that we got to get better and be constructive and get better and better. Pete's teams got better as the season went on. That's what I want our team to do get better and better and better. Really, the only ranking that counts is when you get in the college football playoff. Until then, none of them count as far as is good right now but it doesn't mean anything you got to win got to win consistently throughout the season
5: all right Shane so Cocho got his eye on the big prize he knows you know this is the SEC we it, we keep hitting the same notes here but just like Georgia i mean i think they overlook south carolina a little bit mm-hmm. got to give south carolina all the credit in the world particularly that defense for for coming up big but if mississippi state you know if they play like they did the last couple of weeks yeah they're going to get killed here But if they come together and play like they were early in the season, remember this team beat the hell out of Kentucky. If they have that type of performance, if the bearded trader, who now Joe Moorhead says bearded trader, will start moving forward, uh, if he catches fire at home, LSU is going to have trouble with this team.
6: Yeah, no quarterback controversy going into this week, Mike. This team is settled. We know what they are. We know what they're about but they do need to get back to the roots man and that's running the ball and playing strong aggressive defense and it's tough it's going i mean this is LSU man i saw i mean if anybody if you didn't watch this damn game you missed a you missed a show because LSU's offense is amazing but they can i mean things happen you know it's college football any given saturday and you know if mississippi state comes out there and gets up I mean, these guys can make you pay. They they lead the nation, or they're pretty close in the nation in turnovers, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a an unappreciated stat, but you see, with I go back to Georgia and South Carolina, four turnovers, and we're talking about South Carolina upsetting Georgia. Same thing can happen to LSU. Not saying that it will, but what better place than at home with the cowbells ringing? Yeah,
5: and I'm not saying this is going to happen, particularly this week or at all, but you know Joe Burrow has been so flawless this season. Can LSU survive a game Shane where he just, you know, it may come. There may come a time where he's rare he's off. And how will this offense that uh, yeah, they got the running game going against Florida, but that's not always been there either. So, you know, imagine a game where Joe Burrow throws two picks and he's, you know, completing 50% of his passes.
0: Mhm.
5: This is uh I I'm not saying they can't survive it, but it's going to get pretty hairy, particularly if that defense (laughs) doesn't step up. You know what?
6: Yeah, absolutely, man. All
5: right, so let's jump to the other side of this. Let's jump on down to Starkville. Where Joe Moorhead, I mean, man, he had a lot to say here, Shane. I, I found two clips. There was one of him screaming, and there was one of him whispering. (laughs)
3: <laughs> the screaming.
5: I could not really make out what he was saying. It was it was making my ears bleed. So we went with the whispering. So hopefully these clips we're not gonna use a ton of his clips because they were just a little too low, but uh he seemed I don't want to say demoralized shame, but he just talked about the fact that, you know, he put so much into Mississippi State and trying to make him a winner outside of his family life. It's nothing but Mississippi State football. And he was telling the story about his daughter was down on the game, came to Nealon Stadium. She's crying after the game. He's, he's trying to console her. They're walking off the field, and all these fans telling him he sucks, and he says, uh, <laughs> they were right, I sucked that Saturday. <laughs> 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 but uh, you feel, feel kind of bad for Coach Moorhead when you hear something like that. But, uh, you know, sometimes these coaches, Shane, they're so damn competitive, and it's not like Joe Moorhead just uh, fell ass backward into this position. He, I mean, he knows what he's doing. It, it may not yeah. have looked like it on Saturday, but uh, there may be an extra fire lit under his ass this week to just kind of come out here and show that uh you know he this is his 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 damn job, and he's
6: he's earned it. I bumped into another Mississippi state guy today, yeah old timer and I was just i i said uh I said, did you come up here for the game and I was just kind of joking and he goes, yeah, actually we did and I was like, oh man, I was like, well sorry, sorry about that, <laughs> you know uh <laughs> <clears throat> I said you play tough you know and he goes yeah he goes honestly we're lucky we didn't lose by more but he was I was talking to him about Joe and he's like, you know I really like Joe I was like because right. I was curious you know I's like because this guy i mean he says he's on season tickets since the 60s like his dad had season tickets and they just kind of if you he goes if you ever want to find me look on the 40 yard line behind the the players i'm I'm two rows up and he goes and I'll All be right. there every game and i, I said that's awesome man. I said, "Do you go to all the all the teams?" You know, he goes, "No." He goes, "We want we love the Smokies, so we we thought this would be an opportunity to come up here and and see the game." He goes, was all right." He goes, "It's crap, you know," but he was it was just kind of funny. And I was asking, I said, "You know, like I'm just curious, the pulse, man. You know, I, every time I ever see anybody from another team, just, I just some reason to talk to him." And and I said, just like are people mad at, I mean, are they out on Joe? Like, do they want him fired? And he goes, no, no. I said, he goes, I, I you know, it's, it's hard. He says, when you went from all to to what we have now, you know, just five years ago, we were, you know, ranked number one in the nation. He said, but he says, uh, I, I think we've got to give him time, you know, and, and, he, and a lot of people and everybody I talked to from down there, just, they really do like Joe. They, they think that he could be an answer. It's just, it's just they they know that they're going to have to be patient. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, and, you know, it's funny some people calling him out because I do think uh, they underperformed last year, not doing a great job this year, obviously. But, I mean, it's incredibly difficult when you're right before the season and you got ten damn suspensions for, what is it, eight games, what have you. And oh, then, yeah. And then you got, you know, you're bringing in this transfer quarterback and then he gets banged up. And now you're playing this true freshman, Shane, and a lot of these true freshmen, I mean, they aren't worth a damn, but Garrett Schrader, I mean, he looks like the future Mississippi State football. If nothing else, they got that going for him. Kylan Hill, I know he's coming off a bad game, but he has been outstanding early in the season. I mean, there's a lot to build off here, and uh, it, it was just inevitable that they were going to take a step back after losing all that NFL talent last year. It's different that uh, it, it's one thing to be disappointed by what you're seeing, but it's another when the coach is completely completely out of his league and doesn't know what he's doing Joe Moorhead's won won several SEC games already I mean it's not like he's some damn moron so uh, I think Mississippi State fans just need to be patient get more players in there like a Garrett Schrader let them build around him because again he's still working with a lot of transfers a lot of mulling guys and that's certainly nothing wrong with those players I'm not suggesting that but uh, I, I still don't think it's quite the team that he wants it to be at least
6: in his image if that makes sense Oh, yeah, absolutely. He did tell me, and he said, Oh Miss can go to hell. He did say that. <laughs> <Just> I <like>, said, <laughs> if he'd been to every stadium. He says, well, there's one that I have it. And I was like, where's that? And he goes, Oh Miss, because they can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving them a dime is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well,
5: let's hit on Joe Boyd. Just his final thought then here, Shane, because he asks on the fans to come on out to uh, davis Wade Stadium, cheer on Mississippi State. They're going to need him with LSU coming into town.
2: Coach, LSU always travels really well, and I'm sure they'll have a big contingent here, and you're probably going to need Bob from Boca Chita and the crowd with his cowbell. So, what's your pitch to get him and the rest of the Bulldog fans in, uh, in the stadium Saturday?
3: Number two team in the country, best stadium in college football, and uh, going to need a true home field advantage. So, Bob and, and the rest of them out there, uh, Andy from Ackerman and Will from West Point and Carl from Columbus, bring them all in. Bring the cowbells, be loud, and come on in cheer cheer, cheer, cheer your Bulldogs on. All
5: right, Shad, I just thought that was an appropriate clip, given your little story there. But uh, <laughs> Mississippi State fans really need to come out support their team if they have any chance of pulling off the upset. And, I, uh, hey, I, I said it last week. I wasn't bold enough to call South Carolina winning it, but I said it would be a game. I think this is going to be another good one.
6: Yeah, for sure.
5: All right, Shane, so let's jump on down to Athens.
0: Oh, dog,
5: Kirby Smart met with the media here all Monday. Man, he was asked a lot of questions about uh, that damn decision not to kick it. <laughs> he was even asked if uh, the kick six played into, you know, that decision, how his team will respond. Georgia fans, you know, I know from a lot of the reaction I've been seeing, they're not quite hitting the panic button, but they're just wondering what in the hell is going on. This was supposed to be another great year for Georgia. The next step—I mean, there's no one in the East that even compares to them when it comes to talent. Yet we're just not really seeing it. That's something Kirby Smart's really got to really got to get going, and it starts with that offense. I mean, they've struggled. They—they—they uh, they, they did pretty well against Tennessee. They marched up and down on them on the second half. But Notre Dame and obviously the South Carolina game offense really struggled. Um, so here's Kirby Smart talking about his team, how they'll respond, and if they need to speed up that offense to get it going. And finally, uh, he's, he's going to be asked about this damn field goal all year, I feel like, but uh, he was asked about it one more time and uh, on its if the kick six weighed in on his mind at all.
2: <coughs> Kirby, do, do you have to have a conversation with your team and say, hey, guys, all of our goals are still in front of us? Do you, Do you have that conversation with your guys or do they just know it instinctively?
4: No, we've had that conversation. I mean, we've had that conversation in the locker room. We, this is not the first time we've had to deal with this each year. We've had to deal with it at, at uh, different times from different opponents. And they, they acknowledge that. They understand. last 20 years or something of the SEC East, I don't think a team that's represented the SEC East has been undefeated. Uh, maybe Florida, I think one year they did. But outside of that, it just doesn't happen very often. So what's more important is that our team gets ready for Kentucky and gets ready to go play than talking about, the rest of the year because we're back in Kentucky.
6: Kirby, uh, it, it seems the offense and not just in two and four minute does well when it goes up tempo and, and plays faster. Mm-hmm. Do you agree or disagree and why not do that more?
4: Yeah, we, we try to do that several times uh, Saturday and when we did that, didn't feel like we were very effective. Number one, they played us differently when we tried to go faster. Uh, and if you look at the game, it's an outlook overall, the, probably the toughest thing for us is number one, turnovers. And in the SEC, do a study, 4-0 in turnover margin, you're not going to win, period. I mean, it doesn't happen. So let's start with that. Number two, uh, lack of explosive plays, which we've struggled with a little bit. We're not getting explosive plays. Even our runs, we're getting runs, good runs, 10 yards or more. Uh, but we're not getting explosive runs, which are longer, because there's a lot of people in the box. We're not getting explosive uh, passes. We had a few, but not enough. So we did not win two minutes. You look at the last, this year, what we've been great at, we didn't win two minutes before the half twice. All right. And then we didn't win two minutes at the end of the game. So there's three, two minutes in that game, which is very unique. We did, really didn't win any of the three of them. And that's one of our big goals is to win two minutes. Every game up until that, it seemed like we had either won defensively before the half or we'd won offensively and we didn't do that. So those are the three biggest things that we got to improve on and we'll continue to work on.
2: Kirby, regarding your decision not to kick a field goal with eight seconds left, does your experience uh, with that kick six factor in in, in moments like that?
4: Absolutely not. Has nothing to do with it. It has to do with normal football. No coach in his right mind with eight seconds thinks he can't get another playoff. We do it every single Thursday, every single Friday. We script it. We've done it with seven seconds. We've actually done it with six ever since the Florida halftime deal where we had a chance to get another play in. You know, Florida with it being really short condensed area because that was like on the goal line. So that's, and plus we're going to trust our quarterback to make a good decision there and allow us to have a field goal to kick afterwards. So no doubts, no questions, nothing there.
5: All right, Shane. So man, these are the type of questions you're going to get when you blow a game at home that you, you know, no one had you losing. Thoughts on uh, where does Georgia go from here, Shane? And, uh, you know, this is one thing that I thought while doing the show prep. You know, they struggled last week against a carry-on joiner. And if Kentucky rolls out Lynn Bowden at quarterback once again, it's kind of a similar type of offense they're going to face. And I would say, you know, nothing against joiner. But from what we saw against Bowden against Arkansas, this is uh, a even – you know what? Even more dangerous player there under center.
6: Yeah, I, I think so. But I, it's very one dimensional when he's back there. It's yeah. not like Bowden <laughs> was just launching hail marys. You know, he he was he was predominantly there to run the ball, and they were able to do it late in the game. I, I just don't think you can do that against Georgia, especially since they've seen your cards already. So yeah, I you know I kind of honestly I kind of feel bad for Kentucky because. Georgia got kicked in the teeth, man. And I, I'm just I think that they need to make a statement game, a statement win mm-hmm. to get back on track. And and I, I think this will rally the troops down there that lost to South Carolina was hard on them. But, you know, too, on the other side, that kick that kick was big. That I I personally thought they should have kicked a field goal. You know, here you've been touting the best kicker. And and I see what Kirby was saying, but You know, now, now, now it's tough. You can't lose again. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no two lost team making the playoffs. So, if they go to SEC championship and they drop one to Bama or or LSU or whoever they face, you know what I'm saying? Not saying that they they even make it because Missouri is right now at the top. So, you you just can't afford to make any more mistakes. And I I don't know. I, I I honestly I do think that they rally and. And, uh, boy, they're going to be meeting Kentucky, Big Blue Nation. And and uh, I think we're going to see a statement game here, buddy.
5: Last thing on the Bulldogs real quick, Shane, I don't have a clip here, but I do have these comments from DeAndre Swift asked about Georgia's play calling. He said, I think we need to take more shots downfield. We need to try to get the ball to our playmakers in space. That seems to be a common complaint right now on james coley's offense not pushing it down the field we really started to saw this uh, dink and dunk style against notre dame and it's kind of it's kind of remained there ever since thoughts on uh, george's running back i don't know if you want to call that calling out the play calling but the players are saying
6: the same things as the fans i think you got a problem dude i'm hearing a lot of people wishing they had Chaney back you know what i'm saying Uh-oh. Uh, yeah i'm not i'm just you know a lot of people are not saying that when it happened but I did see a lot after that game saying, you know, this offensive playing column was, was just was garbage. And, you know, they got young talent at receiver, but you would think by October 15th we would have, you know, we would have done something with the talent that they do have. And it just it seems like the same old, same old. Even when they played Tennessee, it was like there was no serious threat until they got to the end zone. They just, all right, you know they're going to throw the cager. You know, it's just like. They I don't know, they got a little predictable there and, and they just can't do that with every team in the SEC. So, um I, I think they mix a few things up this week, like I said. And even the fact that Kirby came out and, and talked about needing explosive plays makes me think that they're going to try to they're gonna to try to create something here. So we may see some big time plays this Saturday.
5: All right, Shane. Well let's jump on down to the other side of this game, jump on down to Lexington. Uh, Mark Stoops met with the media here on Monday, and he updated the status of Sawyer Smith and talking about, kind of like you said, needing to get more balance in the offense this week, particularly with facing such a good defense in Georgia, you know, night and day difference between the Arkansas and Georgia defenses here. And then uh, finally, he's expecting Jake Fromm to bounce back in a big way, and this may be kind of going with what you're saying you know, Georgia kind of got punched in the face, how they respond. Uh, Jake Fromm, their leader, he's in the same spot.
4: What's your feel for Sawyer's availability this week? Just
1: he's better, um, better, um, you know, getting you. the update uh, this morning in our staff meeting that, uh, that that he was further along again, obviously, by not playing. So it was really important for us to get the victory and able to, to get him some more rest so he can continue to get some strength. And uh, so I think he's uh, much further along. You know, they threw out a percentage this morning, but it was
2: significantly better out facing Georgia on the road. How do you balance building on the success you had with that game plan Saturday, but knowing it probably has to be a little more diverse or whatever moving forward as people see that on film? I
1: just think that's what we have to do. You know, you know, all weeks we always look at the good things we're doing and build on those good things, sustain them, and build on the good things we're doing, but also try to stay ahead and be creative. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we're certainly going to have to have more balance um, this week. And you know, just look at Georgia defense uh, they give up a very, very short, you know, very few amount of explosive plays and very few explosive runs.
0: When you watch a, a quarterback like Jake Fromm play the way he did on Saturday, what's the key for you guys to slow him down and uh, keep him in his tracks?
1: Yeah, Jake, um, you know, really, uh, you know, really a great player. Um I was about to say one of the kind of college football as far as you don't see that man, you know that that much of that style where he's so Accurate and such a good player and they have such a good pro style attack, you know with guys uh, Unbelievably, you know strong uh, big and well coached offensive line. They always have As deep a running back core as anybody in the country, um, you know dynamic guys to throw to so very very tough in the pro style and uh um, so they they'll put a lot of pressure on you, and Jake uh, is very very accurate. I know they didn't play to their standards a, a week ago, but but uh, they'll get that fixed in short order because he's a really good football player.
5: So. All right, Shane. So it sounds like Sawyer Smith getting closer to returning. The secret's out, kind of like you said. That, that probably was – that's something I probably should have thought of more before I made those limb Bowden comments. But I was just such a surprise that <laughs> that he was just the center there or the quarterback for Arkansas game. And Georgia knows all about it now. They'll be prepared. So it will be kind of fascinating to see how this plays out, if they go back to Sawyer Smith or if it's kind of a you know a two-quarterback system here for Kentucky.
6: Yeah, you just you just never know with Stoops, man. He's always got <laughs> something up his sleeve, you know. <laughs>
5: mm-hmm.
6: I know Kentucky
5: was hitting a rough patch there, but yeah, a lot of confidence got gained from that Arkansas win. And we keep waiting for this Georgia team to emerge and show who you know who we thought they were, but we've not really seen it. Shane, is there any chance that you know what happens if God forbid Jake Fromm comes out first possession throws an interception? Is this Georgia team? I mean, are they shell shocked? And I mean, another chance that? Uh, imagine South Carolina goes into Athens and wins one week, and then Kentucky turns around and does it the following week. I mean, any chance that happens?
6: Oh man, there's always a chance. You know, I didn't. I, I was willing to say there wasn't a chance South Carolina could have won that game, but they did. Mm-hmm. So any, honestly, anything could happen, and. Uh, Uh, We talked about – I joke about Seuss, but I wouldn't surprise me if it came out running triple option, just something they (laughs) haven't even prepared for. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I mean, it's not Georgia Tech week yet, you know. So, I I don't (laughs) – you know, that's just the kind of coaching he is, and uh, they're going to try to do something to get Kirby off of his game, and – I need to see something from Fromm, you know. I mean, we've we've kind of touted Fromm as the best, one of the best quarterbacks, if not these. There's some people saying Fromm was a better NFL prospect mm-hmm. than uh, Tua, you know. And I, I we didn't see it yesterday or Saturday. You know, do we see do we see him bounce back? Do we see him take those mature steps forward and uh, take control of this offense? Because this is an I mean, this is his team. And everything runs through him, even though uh, they've got a great line, great running backs. If Fromm ain't getting it done, then this team goes nowhere. So this I, I want to see how well he bounces back this way, just personally, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Shane, that's all the news
5: I got around the league. We do got a bunch of other matchups we're going to get into on the next episode. Still waiting for some uh, pressers and whatnot to, to get those going. But
6: uh, do you got anything before we hop off here? no ma'am i'm i'm excited man we got some great games coming up this weekend uh it's i'm still i i'm barely i'm i'm finally flush in saturday you know it took a while but i've moved on <laughs> i'm ready for this week you know uh coach has got the coach has got the 24-hour rule apparently i got the 72-hour rule so i'm ready to go <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm focused i'm feeling better so yeah i'm I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Uh, we are going to get to the ratings and reviews, I, I promise. I uh, appreciate everybody taking the time to do that. It really does help us out. Uh, if you got yourself an iPhone, just grab there and uh, give us a five-star rating. And of course, we'll read those reviews some t- uh, sometimes later this week. Yeah, and don't forget, we still got our uh, little deal going on. If you leave us a rating
5: and review, written review, I will send you a koozie. We got orange, we got blue, we got black, we got red, we got crimson, we got purple, and we got maroon. So you want a That SEC Podcast koozie, reach out to us on Twitter, on Reddit. Uh, We also got an email address, thatsecpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, reach out to us with on there and uh, we'll we'll ship you a koozie for giving us a rating review (laughs) because we really do uh, appreciate and we just want to say thanks for all our listeners out there we really do appreciate you guys absolutely very few orange left
6: you know (laughs) (laughs) i took them all home
5: (laughs) all right shay that's gonna do it for this one thanks for joining me as always thank you everyone for tuning in we'll catch you on the next one
6: all right, see you guys. Go
5: balls
0: And I was ready to roll On to California with a guy named Joe Cause he makes Benjamins rain from the sky
3: It's a thirst I just can't quench It's an itch I just can't scratch